Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. We're continuing the series today, yeah, with uh, questions uh, that Jesus asked during his ministry. I'm going to be looking at Mark 30 to 46, which says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then because so many, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. And it is already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answers, you give them something to eat. They said to him that that would take eight months of a man's wages. And and are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish the number of men that had eaten was 5,000 ok it catches my eye, I was reading that and I've only just noticed I've read that lots and lots studying it, it says sit on the green grass I remember being there and there wasn't any it just caught my mind there it wasn't when I was there anyway Right, there's a number of points that I'd like to make from today's reading. Verse 30 says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to them all that they had done and taught. And it got me thinking about why they'd done that. So it goes in my concourse. And they'd done it, it says, because they're his representatives. God had commissioned them to do that that day, to go and teach. And I was thinking about who are we? Haven't we been commissioned? Matthew 28:19 says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah? That's a big commission, yeah? And there's other things that God might ask us to do. But that, I feel, is, is the big uh, request that, that we're meant to go out and do and love. However, perhaps there's some things that God would hint at in our service to him that would sound a little bit 
I can't say this word. Absurd. That's the one. Thank you. Every time I've read it, I've got stuck on that one. I should have just took it out. Anyway, we'd, it would sound that, and we'd brush it off with common sense, yeah? It's not really what I meant to do or something. It's too big. We would evaluate it from our own perspective. Bottle it due to our limited expectation or lack of faith. The list goes on. And we may have even been given a vision or something at church, I know I have, or a task that I just didn't feel I could do at the time, etc. And so I accepted the defeat, just at the mere thought. Now already we've read that uh, Jesus had commissioned them to teach that day. yeah. But later I feel he gives them a greater task. Verse 36 says that the disciples asked Jesus to send the people away uh, so that they, to the surrounding villages, etc., to buy themselves from it to eat. But Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Yeah? Now I wonder what's going on there when he says that. Yeah? You give them something to eat. They're in the middle of a, you know, in this remote place, and he says, you feed them. I think God is being a bit provocative here. Yeah? Now I look that word up, and it means to provoke, excite, or stimulate in order to compel a response, yeah? Now I'm thinking, after the day that the disciples have had, they've been listening, been taught by, Christ, by Jesus that day, and he said, you go and teach as well, so they went out and did that also, yeah? So I'm thinking after that, that whatever it is that he was teaching that day, because it's not clear, that they should have faith in some way or other. Uh, and because they have done that, I think that this is a real, I think it's about Christ challenging them uh, to use what he's taught. Yeah? However, as I said, we've been to that place. We've been to, I think it's called Bethsaida. Is that right? Uh, where the feeding of the 5,000 took place. It is in the middle of nowhere. There is a small kind of town, isn't there, Corin? Uh and it was no different back then because it says there was little villages and stuff like that, yeah? It's a solitary place, remote. And it does say that there's fishing villages, etc. But there's nothing substantial. I think Tiberias is probably the biggest town. And, and by car, that's about 20 minutes from where it's supposed that the feeding of the 5,000 took place. I'm not even sure there's enough food within the distance of that to feed a crowd uh, of this size, yeah? But the disciples using the common sense, etc., and earthly resources as a way of undertaking the task of feeding the group. Think in terms of money, etc., and say to Jesus, that would take eight months of a man's wages, and we're to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat. Now, I personally think that that would be our first thought, yeah? If we, let's, I've got it written here, let's look at it a moment, sticking to words here, aren't I? <laughs> but if we were to look at that, if Christ, if we had a word today that said, let's go and feed Armthorpe, yeah? I'm not sure there's 5,000 there, is there? You live here, John. 5,000? More? All right. But there's more, there's more here anyway, because that was just the men who got the kids and the women, etc., etc. But we're asked to go and do that today, yeah? I think our first thought would be, 
Wow, how much would that cost? Can we afford it? And if yes, have we got the manpower to go out and do that, etc.? Uh, and do we do it and how? Yeah? And I think that's a job and a half if we were asked to do that this morning. Despite ads to Sainsbury's and Tesco being on our doorstep with two for one offers, yeah? That would be a... Well, that's not on our doorstep. That's right over there. In my book. Oh, that one! I forgot about that one. I'm up for being corrected. That's absolutely fine. Anyway. But let's see what Jesus did, yeah? Verse 38 says that Jesus asked the disciples to go and see how many loaves there are. When they found out, they said five loaves and two fish. Jesus directs them to uh, have all the people sit in groups on the green grass. In groups of hundreds and fifties. Now, out of that 5,000 people, yeah? And they've been taught by Jesus all day, haven't they? They're kind of following him all over to hear more. Yeah? Out of that 5,000, there's only a small number that give up food. They're in the middle of nowhere and a small group of people have faith enough to hand over what food they have to the disciples when asked, didn't they? Only a few. Out of 5,000, I bet there was a bit more and they could stash it away or whatever. But they do what they can with what they've got when asked, yeah? Now, verse 41 says, Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gives thanks and broke the loaves. He then gave them to his disciples to sit before the people and he divided the two fish among them all. They all ate. They were satisfied. And there was 12 basketfuls at the end, yeah? We have read this amazing miracle many times. I don't think we really realise what happens really. 5,000 people are fed with five little loaves. Probably might have been big ones. And two fish, yeah? But I want to remember how he does it. Jesus looks to heaven, to God, yeah? his heavenly father, and depends on him for the miracle of multiplying the food. Jesus used what little he has, what he has, and thanks God the Father for what he has faith he is about to do. Yeah? Now God doesn't just answer that prayer, does he? He doesn't just feed them. He provides even more than it's needed. As we've said, there's loads of baskets full uh, at the end of it. I just want to look at another miracle in the Bible uh, before I move on, though. John 11, 144. It's the whole story about uh, Jesus being informed that Lazarus is, uh, is sick. And hearing this, Jesus says, This will not end in death, yeah? No, it's for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus, knowing Lazarus is sick, stays where he is for two more days, yeah? Before making his way to Lazarus. By the time he gets there, Lazarus is dead for four days. However, knowing this, knowing uh, Jesus has arrived, Martha comes up to him, approaches Jesus and says, I know that even now God will give you what you ask. Yeah? There's a theme. Looking to heaven, asking. John 11.14 then says, So they took away the stone where Lazarus lay. Then Jesus looked up to his father and said, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. 
But I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And Jesus then calls out to Lazarus, and he kind of he walks out, gets up, he's dead four days, he walks out alive. Yeah. Now I know there's a number of themes within that whole verse that I read out at the beginning. Yeah. There's a greater one, the theme uh, that Jesus, the Son of God, and that it was the Son of God, and that Jesus, our Saviour, was being revealed to the people, and they're the main bits there. You know, as said there when uh, Jesus says he does it so that people can understand um, that he sent him. Yeah? But what I want to concentrate on the two examples is uh, what God provides. And Jesus is himself saying, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. Jesus, through his relationship with God, was assured that God would hear and answer his prayer. Yeah? People knew that. They must have done because Martha comes up to him, doesn't she? And she says, I know he will give you what you ask. When I was looking at this, it, it was blowing me away. Um, how, how Christ, uh, you know, he's saying he did this, he said what he said so that he would be revealed, but he was already being revealed for Martha to do that. Now my question is, if God, through Jesus, can provide like this for the multitude, why do we worry if he can provide for us? Yeah? We don't need to. Story after story in the Old and New Testament uh, provide us with example of God's provision for those who believe. I don't know if this is about those that believe, but sticking with the food thing, you know, the miracle for me is the, the manna. Yeah? And God, you know, Exodus 16, 11 to 35 tells us that God feeds the Jewish people in the desert with manna day after day after day after day for 40 years. Yeah? Each and every morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. The manna just appeared every day for 40 years. Yeah? Now I've got a strange head, me, as a lot of you will have alluded to at time to time to me. Yeah? Now I can get my head around. I've got five loaves here. I look to the Lord and he multiplies it, makes the fact there's something there to do something with. Yeah? But the manna, there's nothing there. They wake up every day and they go out and it's just there. There is nothing there before that. One thing can get my head around the other account. It really does. What God can do and how he does it is just out there. You know, I see God in here in this box because I've read certain things and I can get my head around certain things but there's others. I really can't. But let's go back a little bit to the earlier what I said about the 5,000 small number of men hand over five loaves two fish they have enough faith uh, to hand over the food to the disciples when asked uh, they with faith with faith do what they can with what they have and God uses it they have the faith to give what they have to the Lord and trust him just as Jesus gives what he has to God to use 
to be glorified. So this small group of men also give what little they have for the glory of God. Everything that happens within the Bible, etc., yes, it's to teach, etc., but it's for God's kingdom. It's for his glory. Everything. Well, when I was praying this morning and there's little rabbits running about, she said she's seen this morning, and cats and this and that, nature, the miracle. It's there, wow, God. Oh, it's to glorify God, everything. To bring praise and honour to God all the time. Now, church, what I'm saying here today a bit, I was going to say, church, I think this is... (laughs) I haven't got that tone, really. But I think we need to start with what we have and where we're at and trust that the Lord in his awesome power to supply for all our needs for that great commission before us. I wasn't going to bring this bit in, but it kind of fits with what Catherine... And I prayed that God would do something a little bit more with this this morning. And I don't want to repeat myself, but I'm going back there yeah, too. We need to have open hearts, church. We need to join Joshua's army, and you prompted me. We're an army, aren't we? God chose us, didn't he, for this great commission, yeah? And I think this is part of that. It was going over my head all the time. I thought, I'm not putting it in because I'm repeating myself. But actually, it's the great commission. Open your heart, join the army. Bring what we have today before the Lord and he will use it. I think, for me anyway, it speaks to me in that that's the next step. Let's give it and, and go out and do what, what God is going to ask us or direct us to do, etc. But we have to have that open heart to hear it in the first place. Yeah? And then we have to get together and bring it to God and... See what, he's, see what amazing work he's going to do with it. We need to lift our heads, look to the Lord and give thanks for what he's about to do with what we put before him. And I think there in the days to come, there was words about spring this morning, wasn't there? We're in it. I think there are the days to come. Our days are coming. And, and so keep that in mind as well. Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to get a little bit personal here today, yeah? And I really hope that I don't offend anybody or anything like that. All I want to do is encourage a couple of people here today. And then I would hope that you would then thereafter encourage uh, people here today, yeah? Now, I want to encourage people like, yeah? And I have to start here, because she's my good wife, yeah? People like Corin. Those who know me, yeah? Know that I, if you know me well, you know that I love the word steadfast. Because I can't do it. I really want to, because it's, it's a great word, I think, yeah? Steadf- I'm steadfast. Uh-uh. Yeah? Corin, Corin is steadfast. I could add you to this, Eve, yeah? She's steadfast. Someone who commits that is determined, yeah? Corinne's commitment to prayer reminds me that we have a God who listens and responds, yeah? And I know you two for years have met, and you used to have lists, didn't you? And you used to tick it off, didn't you? Yeah, and you tick it off what God does for you, yeah? That's, that's steadfast. <coughs> yeah? You give it to God, and he does something. But I also wanted to thank it to her commitment to service of others is a real example, I think, to us all. And I thank God... 
I thank God for Corinth for her steadfastness to prayer and service to our church and I pray that God will use that continuous in these days to come he's going to do it yeah I believe it Paulina Moena yeah great admiration for you uh, for having responded to God's request to move your whole family let's go we're off to Doncaster (laughs) and we're going to build a church in God's name I find that awesome yeah and they're an example of what God can communicate to us. And we've had that this morning. You've been up. God give you a word, yeah? You come and you share it with us. Pictures, visions, etc., etc. You do it. And your patience. I want to thank you for your patience and shepherd me in my walk with God um, over these last few years, yeah? And I thank God for you. And... Uh, and I pray that God will use you to expand his kingdom in Doncaster. I know that. It's going to happen. The days are coming. He's going to do it. Tim and Catherine. My buddies. <laughs> I, I've been really encouraged to serve us because of you. By watching you. By spending time with you, etc., etc. I didn't do any. I sat back and I let you do it all. And I thought, yeah, yeah, this is great. Da, 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 da. Yeah? Didn't do now. But what's your news and your commitment, yeah? Uh, you leading worship up here, Tim doing a bit of preaching, leading group, leading, being part of the leadership of the church, etc. You know, I thank God for you and what he's going to use you for in this commission that we've got coming up, yeah? Rachel, where are you? Somewhere. Now, I've known Rachel for a very, very, very long time. And watched her grow in many areas within our church, yeah? From praying. Remember initially in that worship team early doors? That was quite funny at times, wasn't it, our worship? <laughs> it really was. But I used to hassle Rachel and go, one with the word holy in Rachel. And you used to oblige, didn't you? But it's not just that, yeah? You know, organising youth, plugged in, major stuff that, yeah? She's involved in everything. She threw in the polka bit, this whatever the other bit is that we're having in here, etc. Yeah, I think that's amazing for such a young woman. And I thank God for Rachel and our church and for what God's going to use her to do in the future for his glory. Yeah, Dave and Eve. Most of these people are my home group of people, yeah? So I do apologise, but I've got to know them a little bit. Dave and, 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 and Eve. Their knowledge of God's word, their relationship and love of God reminds me that there's more, yeah? More to understand and more to develop and receive in my relationship with God. And I thank God for you and how you hear from God, etc. And how he's going to use you to glorify his church. Little side note here for Jonathan. Now, yeah, you know what? The The last time I preached, right? You're okay, well, a few people give me comments and that. I'm on my way out that door, right? And Jonathan goes, that was good, that. Now, wait, now, wait a sec. I said it sounded something, or it did sound something like that. It wasn't with a mank accent, but he said, that was good, that. That was the most encouraging thing for me that day. And it taught me that Jonathan, whatever it is he's doing, here's anything. Did you see him when I said his name? Jonathan, he's like, whoop. <laughs> Who said men can't do can't uh, do two tasks at once. Eh? Ah, Jonathan. 
And I thank God for you, Jonathan, because that was a real encouragement. Yeah? Now, let me just see what I've got here. Paula Miller, she's not here today, yeah? I think I'm like Paula. I don't look like her. But we've got the same ways, I think. Yeah? We talk the same language. I feel normal around Paula. And she's very much shown me ways to see and experience God that I just couldn't get my head around or imagine, etc. And I thank God for Paula being in our church and for what God's going to do for her, with her, for his kingdom. Better. You're in our group. They're all group members. Better. The main thing I appreciate better is your honesty. I love it. It allows me to be honest, yeah? And it also allows me to be accepting in my relationship, wherever that be, each and every day with God. And I thank God for you, better, and for what he's going to use you for in this church, for this commission that we've got in this season, yeah? Sue Wallace, she's not here. I can't put it into words. I've just wrote, how can I put it into words? Wow. (laughs) But I do thank God for Sue Wallace in our church and what he's going to use her for in the kingdom, yeah? Now I've done my bit here today. Hope I haven't embarrassed anyone, etc. And I know I haven't mentioned everybody. I could have. But it would have been a list and we'd have still been here. I don't know when, yeah? But it's personal to me. It's really personal to me. And I think that you've got your own little personal stories, yeah? And what I think would be really nice to do uh, thereafter, you know, after this is that you come alongside the people that you know that's encouraged you, etc., etc., and bless them. Give them a blessing and pray with them, maybe, about, God, I want you to use this person in this commission, this season, that I think is, is, is coming. A couple of points. I don't know why I put points, because Owen said there's got to be three points, but I'm not sure what they all are, yeah? So I'm going to start, yeah? To take God out of the box that we've got him in, yeah? Because he does much more. He can, can't we? I'll give you some stories, didn't I? Another one would be, he didn't just feed the Israelites for 40 years. Them victories, yeah? When he sent them in the promised land, I will give you this victory, just turn up. (laughs) They didn't even have to do now in some of them, did they? He just... And overnight, the whole army died, I think. Yeah? That's echoing, man. Alright. God will use, the message is, God will use what we've got. The question, how many loaves have we got? Is irrelevant. It really is. It's about, what have we got? It could have been one loaf and half a fish, or a fish head. It would have been a feast. It would have made a feast out of it, God, because that's what he does, isn't it? God will use what we have when we give it to him. For his glory. Let's give him continued thanks for what he is doing and about to do within our church in this season to come. Yeah, and I'll end on this. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whatever in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Yeah, That's it for today. But I really would like you to approach one another, you know, after this, and encourage one another. Bless them, encourage them, and put them at the feet of God for what's coming. Because something's coming here, church. It's not just about what we've got. Because, let's remember the manna. There was nothing. And he did something. I'm just talking about the great things that we've got, the talents, etc. We're one body, church, aren't we? 
We're one. With all the bits, innit? The head don't know what the foot's doing or something or whatever, do you know what I mean? We're all the same, we're one. And we've all got bits to use, whatever. We can use nothing too. He can make manna out of nothing every day for 40 years. So let's hold that in thought. We don't need to have it for him to do it either. We just have to believe that he'll provide it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk.